the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. It's great to have you joining us again today. And today I'm going to do something for those those of you that are regular listeners. I call them one-offs. Uh, where I, I uh, kind of veer off the theme. If you look back over this podcast, you'll see that I like to, to work on themes, try to dig in depth, whether it's success or stress, uh, mental health, uh, could be any number of things that I have happiness that I've covered uh, over these episodes. And then I like to do these one-off episodes, just something, just on a single subject that's of interest to me. And I've got a few of those actually, you know, bouncing around in my head, but we're almost done with the Life's Too Short. And I was going to simply wait, finish the last episode of Life's Too Short and then do this. But the timing of what I want to talk about today is uh, necessitating, I think, that I, I tackle it here today. And that has to do with the three-year marking, I don't even want to really call it an anniversary, but the three years of the of the pandemic, and I, I just think it's it's such an important uh, subject to talk about. I have done this is true. You can go back and look. I have done twelve episodes that, in some way, shape, or form, have to do with. The, pandemic all the way back to episode 47 20 things to do when you're home for the coronavirus outbreak no joke 15 feel good facts to brighten your day during the coronavirus outbreak and then just you know just went on on from there 15 great things that will never be canceled these were all episodes 47 uh, or 46 47 48 I did quite a few 20 reasons uh not to panic during the pandemic and, and uh, episode 55, 20 mantras to help you get through the pandemic. So I did a, a number of them. And then and then I did a few other ones. In my most recent one last July, I did on how I had never gotten COVID-19 ever and talked about that. And so now I'd like to actually talk about just reflections on the the pandemic. I think it was March 11th that it was officially maybe recognized by the World Health Organization. It was March 15th when the uh, lockdown officially began here in America. And so we've, you know, we're we're at that three-year point. And I think this is a good time to just reflect on the pandemic again with having done 12 episodes i've i've talked throughout the pandemic about it but today i would like to just reflect on it with some you know lessons uh, learned some some insights uh talk about the changes uh just an overall look at something that was so phenomenally impacting i mean i don't even think you call can call it generational it's multi-generational the 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 changes and the impact also this episode is generated from some social media that i did in terms of posts where i i talked about the the three year uh from the lockdown the the three-year anniversary of the lockdown i i just specifically did a 
tweet on that, and that generated a fair amount of, of response. I had a graphic that's from a theater called um, the World Theater, and, it, and then the marquee said the world is temporarily closed. So, you know, it's kind of funny. The, the world was temporarily closed, even though it was the theater name. But I'm just going to read it to you what I posted on Instagram and Twitter Facebook. Three years ago today, the lockdown began. I never participated in the pandemic. I visited 19 states, seven countries. I continued going to the office, church, gym, restaurants. I lived my normal life. I was tested over 25 times. I was never sick and I never had COVID-19. So that is what I posted. And of course, that is absolutely 100% fact. When last July, I said I'd never gotten COVID-19 was after my wife, who had never gotten it, got it for the first and only time. And, and she didn't quarantine. We, we were in the same bed together. We were in the same house together. I didn't do anything to avoid her in any particular way. Uh, but here we are three years later. I've never had COVID-19. And again, for those who say, well, that you probably had and didn't know it. I've never been sick in three years, not one time. And because of my travel and some of my media uh, commitments that where they tested before you went on screen and all that stuff and studio, whatever, I was tested over 25 times. So not blowing smoke. That's those are the facts. What is also the fact is I never participated in the pandemic, meaning I just never acted differently or acted like that, you know, the, the world was somehow, somehow incredibly changed. Now, let me just say a couple of things right from the start. I understand the world has changed. Almost a million people died in America, 6.8, almost 7 million people died in the world. And I am not oblivious to that fact, or I am I in some way not compassionate to people losing their lives and especially people whose parents or grandparents were in nursing homes and they had to sit outside of a window and I mean and not get to be with their loved one when they passed that is awful that is terrible I would hate that uh, if that happened to me or anyone I loved so please don't think that I don't understand that and appreciate that because I absolutely positively do what I am trying to communicate today is that when I say I didn't participate in the pandemic, it's really just to say that um, I did not see the pandemic as something that altered my life in such an incredible way. And here's really what I mean. Shortly into the pandemic, a friend of mine said, you need to watch a movie called Contagion. Never heard of the movie but he's like, you really got to watch this movie. So I watched it and I would encourage you to watch it, by the way, because it is a movie that uh, tells the story of what I would call a true or real pandemic. And again, you know, I want to be careful, I'm not trying to insult anyone, hurt anyone's feelings um, or try to split hairs with uh, the scientific community over the definition of pandemic. It, I simply mean this. In contagion, you have a pandemic in which tens of millions of people are dying. There are mass graves that are being dug. 
And when they finally develop a vaccine, they have to have a lottery because everyone, every single person wants to to save their life. And we know that none of those things are what happened in what took place with the COVID-19 pandemic, small p pandemic. There were never mass graves, certainly not in America. There were not tens of millions of people who died. Again, every life is precious. I'm only trying to talk in terms of scale. That's all. I mean, it's important to compare, and, and, and you do need to compare. There is a difference between 10 million and 1 million. Those are both incredibly high numbers, but there is a big difference between those, and it isn't just a decimal point. It's 9 million other lives, mass graves, and maybe most importantly, this whole debate about whether or not to get the vaccine in a real pandemic, there, there would never be a debate because everyone would want it because without it, you're dying. So when I say I didn't participate, this is this is really what I'm referring to, that I did not see the pandemic of COVID-19 as something that should incredibly alter my life. And I didn't allow it to incredibly alter my life. I just refused to do that. I just did not think that that was necessary. And I would say three years later, I am so, so happy, thrilled that I chose that course, that I chose that mentality, that mindset, because uh, it it's, has served me marvelously well. It allowed me to experience things, to go on and not be like some people just absolutely stuck in, in just um, in just mind-boggling ways. I mean, I, I know there are people that literally for two years basically did not leave their home. They 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 do it every they were doing everything online they never went to a restaurant they never they never went to church they never went to a ball game they never did any of these things um, that's just incredible to me just briefly uh, I don't you know want to make this all about me but it is about my experience and and my perspectives but as you know there was an initial lockdown and obviously i had to uh follow that but when i say i had to follow it let me just be clear not fully follow it i continued to go to my office it never stopped me it's not like the whole staff were all remote i never did that and um really my gym never officially closed probably shouldn't tell what gym i go to they never officially closed they never advertised that they were open i found out that they were open and so i just uh took me probably about a month before i found that out we had a workout room at, at the uh church where i uh led the church uh, that i led we had in our building we had a workout room so i was able to use that workout room during that time but once I found out, went back to the gym and um, I was continuing to to go to to restaurants. Our church closed for three months because that was required. But as soon as that was lifted here in Virginia, then we immediately started having services. I wrote a big article about it for Fox News. Uh, and I know many churches that stayed closed for a year or more. We, we never we never did that. 
within months, I had a trip planned to Yellowstone and um, to Grand Teton National Parks. I, I kept that. I kept that trip. I didn't cancel the trip. We weren't able to stay at the lodge inside the park at Grand Teton. One part of the Grand Lodge in Yellowstone that faces Old Faithful was open, so we were stayed there. In fact, we had an incredible room that looked right at Old Faithful, like from the room. I saw it, I saw it go off num- numerous times. We just continued on with our life. That Christmas, our entire family got together at my son's home in Kansas, just kept right on rolling along, went to went to Iceland, was supposed to go to Norway. You know, again, I'm not saying that I did everything I wanted because some factors kept it from happening. I didn't get to stay at that lodge. I wanted to stay out in Grand Teton, but stayed in Jackson Hole. Not, you know, not too rough, not not too uh, tough on me. Shouldn't feel too sorry for me because that's a beautiful place. Uh, didn't get to go to Norway then, but went to Iceland. Incredible experience. Absolutely fantastic. Just, you know, kept kept rolling along. Just kept doing life. Just went out, went to restaurants, worked out at the gym, you know, went to church, traveled. Again, travel. I, I mean, 19 states. I took who knows how many flights. I stopped counting at about 60 that I was on. Now, listen, I was on a flight <laughs> at the beginning. There were 10 people. In fact, I was on two of those where there were 10 people on the maybe 15 on the second one. I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, imagine a plane that can seat, you know, 150 people and there's 15 people. I mean, that was wild. But um, I was on those. Um, and I, you know, I was on, a, I'll tell you a, a wild story. I was on a flight where going to the country, we were required to wear a mask, but coming back to America, we were not, you know, that, that was weird. Um, same, you know, same flight both ways to and from, and yet there were two different requirements. I was in, uh, in, um, the Netherlands when, um, I entered the airport without a mask on and went through everything without a mask. And then when it came time to get in the security line, you had to put a mask on. And then as soon as you got through the security line, you took it off. I mean, you know, stuff that just you can't even make sense of. I was in Italy uh, where they wanted you to still wear masks on trains. And I didn't want to do that. And I told them that I didn't want to do it. And I didn't do it. I mean, this was not that long ago. This is like, you know, the pandemic at that point was like two, two and a half years two and a half years and Italy was like the only country in the world and they still didn't have mask requirements on any all the public event things they had taken all those away for some reason they still wanted to do it on trains which I just thought was inconsistent and strange so um, but I yeah I traveled you know all around all uh, again from one coast to the other from the east coast to to, to the west coast uh, I was you know from Virginia to California and New Mexico and you know, Colorado and Kansas and, you know, in the mid in the Midwestern states up into into the Northeast, 
uh, into New England, where I'm from, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, down to North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, you know, the whole the whole deal, foreign countries, as I mentioned. So, by the way, did get to go to Norway the next year, so didn't get to go the Iceland one, but then last year got to do that. So just lived my life and adjusted where I had to adjust. I would also say that in Virginia, after about a year, a little over a year, the governor said, no need to wear a mask anymore. And then I never wore a mask since. I, I It's been almost two years now. Um, and so just didn't think it was um, necessary to, to do that. Again, all I can say is this is what my experience, which which is um, that I never got COVID time and time again. So uh, that's my experience. But let's just talk for, for a moment about, you know, kind of where are we now three years later and, and how can you look at it in terms of a more positive mindset? We unlocked the virus's genetic code and rapidly developed vaccines that work remarkably well. I mean, that's just an absolute fact. We built mathematical models to get ready for worst case scenarios. We continue to monitor monitor how the virus is changing. And we do that by looking at wastewater and seeing, which is, I think, really wise. So the pandemic catalyzed some, some really great science. The achievements add up to um, a new normal where COVID-19, you know, just simply does not need to be at the forefront of people's minds. It's now just another virus. Now, having said that, I understand. And let's pause here. Let's just pause here and say, because this is really important, which is for people over 65, that's a whole different story. Then you do have to be. But again, you have to if you're older, you have to be careful about the flu, too, or any kind of influenza or virus. So that's important to understand. But younger people, this was never something I did a whole thing on children. And, you know, that more kids have died from the flu than died from COVID. I mean, it's just a fact. And, and so this is not something that really impacted uh, younger people. Now, of course, you always hear people talk about comorbidities and, uh, you know, you got to dig a little deeper. You know, what are the comorbidities? And you know, when you when you really dig into it, you, you know that there just aren't a lot of people that have several of the comorbidities. That's just not a high percentage. And yet, you know, you he, you you I mean, I've read, you know, that some say as much as 40 percent of comorbidity. So what what's really going on here? We know there's not 40% of people that have diabetes, for instance. Uh, really, what we're talking about is um, weight. We're talking about being overweight or obese. That's really what it, it comes down to. This uh, national sin of, of America of gluttony that has caused us to just be uh, just crazy overweight as a country and uh, and and remarkably, now we seem to have some sort of bizarre effort through what you see on television and print ads to try to show overweight people and in a way that normalizes it as if it's healthy for people when when we know it isn't and, and the COVID-19 revealed that in, in a nutshell. So 
you know, people wearing masks outside seems kind of bizarre. I still see it occasionally, but people wear a mask inside if they really have medical conditions, not that they're overweight uh, or obese, but that they actually have a, an they are a compromised immunity wise, immunocompromised. That that's again real and also quite a minority of people, small percentage of people that fit into that. Uh, let's just go on for the victory lap here. Um, according to Stuart Campbell Ray at Johns Hopkins, the current Omicron variants have about 100 genetic differences from the original coronavirus strain. That means about 1% of the virus's genome is different from its starting point. And many of those changes made it more contagious. But because of population immunity, it's just not bad. It's a very different situation today than three years ago. There was zero existing immunity and now there's massive existing immunity. So we are at a different place, no doubt about it. That's just a, a fact. Now, because I am a guy who is always going to look for the positives, I let's talk about some of the changes so, because this is what we know, the pandemic disrupted practices, pursuits, traditions, how we mark milestones, how we use our time, what's important in our routines. I mean, listen, I never had seen a streaming, streaming service in my life until three years ago. I wouldn't, I'd never been on a Netflix or Amazon Prime or Apple TV or whatever else is out there, never saw any of them. Uh, but when all my meetings were canceled for that, fairly short period of three months. Um, not that after that, things still weren't changed, but that was the real lockdown. That's when uh, I had to discover <laughs> what else what else might be out there. And, and, and I did that. Uh, but changes came for, for sure. You know, some of the old replaced with, with the new or mixed in with the new. But like... Some people picked up musical instruments they hadn't played in years. And they, you know, they, they might not want to join a band or make it a career, but they rediscovered their love of playing music. I mean, that's that's good. And now maybe they can use those skills in places like churches where their music can, can be a, a blessing to other people. People started exercising again or maybe for the first time. By the way, the first time could apply to musical instruments too. I mean, you couldn't go to get lessons necessarily, but I guess online stuff. You know, but folks who hadn't worked out, you know, again, because they're, again, they're afraid of the gym. I'm not. I never wore. I wore a mask one time at a gym in Maryland, and it was one of the most miserable things I've ever done. The sweat, uh, it was terrible. Uh, but I've been working out for almost three years um, and didn't, didn't mind it a bit, didn't affect me except keep me healthy and strong. That was great. But people who picked up things like running or biking, some hadn't been on a bike since childhood, you know, and that's good. You know, I mean, getting, getting a bike ride and, or, or run in. And again, if that can help you physically, it's marvelous. People obviously started shopping in new ways, curbside pickup, you know, grocery delivery, online ordering, all that sort of stuff. Uh, is happened. And, you know, if you can make it work for you, um, I think that it's, um, I think it's crazy what some people 
pay for like food delivery and things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about groceries now. I'm talking about meals. Um, I, I think I think I'm a guy, you know, who probably has the resources to do those sorts of things. I don't do that. I, I mean, the delivery charge on top of the tip. I mean, it's it's an obscene amount of money. You do that enough and you're wasting like hundreds of dollars uh, e- e- easily could be wasting hundreds of dollars a month. Uh, so, but you know, other things where maybe the delivery is a part of your membership that you have or, or something like that. That's a different story. People found a new, you know, the love of the outdoors, getting out in nature. Um, my wife and I always been doing this hiking, doing these things anyway, but man, we, you know, we, we were out and about discovered a lot of state parks that we hadn't even known about. And, and again, over the course of the pandemic went to a number of, uh, national parks, including, as I said, Yellowstone and Grand Teton, which were just, you know, absolutely awesome, awesome, awesome experiences that I wouldn't trade for anything. Um, so good, you know, good stuff there that, but there's a lot of places you can go. Zoom calls, sure, you know, ubiquitous, right? I mean, oh my goodness, but not just for work, but, you know, family visits and catching up with old friends. And I mean, I did a wedding that was streamed, maybe more than one, you know, webinars on all kinds of subjects. So this is good stuff. I mean, there's, there's, again, in any situation, you can still find good, even in what seems like bad. And for those who were like me that just said, you know, I'm just going to not participate in the pandemic. I'm just going to roll along with my life. You know, then obviously for them, that's great because um, they didn't have to miss out. I mean, really, uh, like when I went to Canada and Canada is one of the most like insane countries in the world when it came to uh, what was required. And, and, it, and it cost me. It cost me money because of having to get tests uh, and they the tests were not easy to get. And so to get them and make them easy or was more expensive. But hey. I still went and man, I had a great time and enjoyed myself immensely. Went there for Christmas, not last year, but the year before. Quebec City, which is an incredible place, just like stepping into Europe and Canada and um, just had a great time. Had an absolutely great, great time. And in fact, many of these trips that I took were just absolutely highlight trips. The trip to Norway, Iceland, Italy, Amalfi Coast. I've been to Italy before, but never the Amalfi Coast. It was fantastic. I'm so glad, you know, people, again, you hear people, you know, they put off and put off and now they're, you know, they're on uh, their vacation revenge or whatever. No vacation revenge for me because I just kept rolling along the whole time. And the only thing, again, I got stopped in, in Norway one year and just got there the next year. I mean, that's just basically other than that, just went on my way and did, did, did my thing. Now that doesn't mean all changes. You know, I talked about the good ones, you know, some people, frankly, let their grooming and dress kind of lag. And I don't know if they've decided they're going to keep going that way. Uh, I don't know that that's the best uh, in terms of their appearance. And I've read some wild articles about, some women claiming they're not going to dye their hair, put makeup on, and it's freed them, and it's some kind of, uh, I don't know, some sort of uh, statement. But 
others have become less social and connected. That is not healthy at all. They, you know, especially the introverts who are like, oh, this is great. I'll just stay inside and everyone else is. And, and but, you know, there's nothing wrong with being an introvert at all, by the way, but we all need social connection. It's enormously important. We're social beings. And to eschew that is not healthy for you. And then, you know, just area that I care a lot about is people not returning to, to, to church. Um, we've got March Madness going on right now and people are gathering together and you remember they canceled March Madness and then, but now people are back and the, the uh, arenas are, are full of people because people want to see it in person. What's the difference between that and church? You know, so for a time you, you did your online church, but now why not go back there? There, and yet most churches, people are still some are, you know, holding off and going back. And that just doesn't seem like a, a winning strategy to me. Uh, I understand. I've read all the articles. I know all the things people are going to say about why that is and how that's happened. But at the end of the day, when we're done with all that, I would just encourage you to go back to church, into the building, just like you're doing other things. And three years into this, you know, there's things that change for the better and there's some things that change for the worse. At the end of the day, hopefully uh, you can take the good and leave the bad. And um, as for me, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with the way I approached it. I wouldn't change a thing. And you know, if something ever happens in the future, maybe you'll ponder how you will, uh, you know, how you will respond to it and, and, and address it. Um, it's so important to not give in to the fear and, and, and just let, you know, group things sort of take you away. You got to think for yourself and decide what's best for you. You got to look at your own situation. Obviously, you know, what your health is like and all those things have got to be taken into consideration. I took all those things into consideration in my life and I just refused to let something that that was not, uh, you know, a deadly, deadly, deadly killing tens of millions of people pandemic keep me from doing what I wanted to do. And three years later, I've never been sick in three years and I've been able to do all kinds of things that I wanted to do. And um, I'm, I'm thankful for that. So take some time and reflect on how you how you dealt with the pandemic and, uh, you know, what you might want to do uh, in the future. Maybe not, a, hopefully not in a pandemic, but in other situations, you can make the applications. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.